Welcome to your home for sports coverage without the bias. This is Totally Unbiased Sports with Josh and Kellen. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Totally Unbiased Sports with Josh and Kellen. We have episode 126 for you this week. It is the episode where we will recap all. We'll put a bow. We'll put a bow on March Madness. Or maybe we'll put a bow on a bow being put on March Madness. What does that mean? One shining, one shining moment really puts the bow on it, and we're going to put a bow on no. that. No, no, no. We put the bow on it. We don't, <sighs> it's not one shining moment. We do that. We put we're the bow after, on the bow. No, that's not the bow. We got that's no. We're rules, more. We're bro. more. Imp- no, no. They need to know their rules. Okay, that's not the no. bow. They need to understand that a better bow has come. By the way, did that introduction start in the middle uh, and just skip out the the first part of it? Yeah, but we can fix that in post production. Okay, just making sure. Just making so sure you that won't we're even know. Listening to this, you're going to have no idea that maybe the intro started at the wrong time. Yeah, you won't know if we, if we fix won't. that. You won't. I will. Quality okay. control. All right. Good. I mean, yeah, probably good that you're in charge of the editing now because I would, I would yeah. say that I would fix stuff. Um, no, you never. I would, I would definitely say that I would, though. I know. And that's so, part of, like, I mean, that's 90% of fixing things is saying you're going to. Um, but I'd say anyway, per near 100%. Yeah. I, I would have to agree with you on that one. Um, but anyway, let's let's talk a little basketball. I mean, shows where I'm at, willing to lead a show off with basketball. Um, if that doesn't tell you how things are going in my life, I don't know what will. But first thing, I want to complain a little bit. Um, it first, still does hand up. sound like uh, the same old Josh, then. <laughs> hand up. I was wrong. A five seed did not win the national championship. Hand up. I was wrong. I'm willing to take that one because I kind of knew it was going to happen. Um, but hand up. I was wrong. I'm not even going to pretend that I was right. I know you offered me the chance to be right last week. I didn't take it. I was wrong. I was correct that a five seed was going to make it to the national championship. We saw an unbelievable buzzer beater, the first buzzer beater from <laughs> a team that was trailing in the game to win on Saturday night. Um, And it set up San Diego state UConn in the national championship game. And I mean the overall game, and I'll let you maybe talk more about the nitty gritty of the game, but the overall game just, I mean, UConn, what a team that was really the main takeaway. I think for a lot of people, including myself, the second main takeaway from this is, oh my God, some of us work for a living, NCAA. Can we start the game not in the middle of the night, please? That game started over an hour and a half after I usually am asleep. An hour and a half after I'm usually asleep. Some of us have jobs. Some of us work, (laughs) NCAA. Can we please, I don't know, start this game a little bit earlier or... Uh, what if here's a crazy idea? Let's play it at a different time, different day. I know you can't move it from one day because that's just so iconic. But women's game, I love the women's national championship. 3 p.m. on a Sunday. I have nothing going on. Yes, please. I'll watch that 11 times out of 10. But the 926 like Eastern tip was just absurdly brutal. And also Jim Nance, shout out Jim Nance, unbelievable career in college basketball. This man's figured it out because he's getting a retirement tour before he actually retires. He's like, he's like coach K on steroids. He's not even actually retiring. People have to keep reminding themselves that he's still broadcasting golf in the NFL, which is like. 99% of what Jim Nance does is golf and, and the NFL. And he's still doing that. Well, he just is taking a two week part out of his year. He's retiring from that. And yes, he should get all the accolades and everything. I'm not like trying to take away, but like Jim Nance, 
what a great March Madness career. So, Kellen, what were your well, whole college basketball my college, overall thing there? Yeah, well, just to start with Jim Nance, because you were just talking about it, college basketball is like the third thing that I think of when I think of Jim Nance after the Masters and after NFL football. So, yeah, well, I mean, he did the first definitely. Thing I think of is Tony Romo now, but okay, well, that's Tony still. Romo. That still falls under the NFL football umbrella. <laughs> I know. I would say. But it's sad that we think of Tony Romo. No, you think of Tony Romo. Your sick, twisted mind is, I think, the I only. You're, you might be the only person that they hear Jim Nance and they think Tony Romo and how much they hate another completely different person than the person that was brought up. So that's, that's on you. That has nothing to do with me. But yeah, we had our national championship. It was uh, it was not a good game. It really wasn't that entertaining, I'll be honest. And I'm not surprised by it. I don't think anyone should be that surprised. Just if you watched UConn at all that tournament, this was probably the closest game that they did play the the entire tournament. And it was just a really dominant run. It shows like how like if you have the right pieces, and it's pretty easy, not easy, but it's pretty simple, like a, a simple process to get the mm-hmm. right pieces. Mm-hmm. And it's like how UConn's won every national championship. They always have a good big who defends the paint really well and can yep. finish at the rim. And they have a couple guards who are I mean, who are great defenders and can shoot the three. And when you have that in college especially, that goes such a long way because if you just have a guy that's over seven feet, and UConn had two massive dudes on their team defending the paint, so they could really just uh, the, the they could keep height on the court at all times. That's mm-hmm. so so many other schools aren't going to have that kind of size because I mean, yeah, colleges are just way more segmented than the NBA. But I, I, the, their roster was just put together. UConn started off the entire college basketball season as probably the hottest team in college basketball. They were great. They Mm-hmm. They took it to Alabama earlier in the season. It wasn't even a close game. Alabama was the number one overall seed in this tournament, who San Diego State knocked off. So, it, I'm like, I want to say that, like, I was surprised by their dominance, but I'm really not. Just if you look at the season as a whole, they never lost a single out of conference game. They never even played yeah. an out of conference game within ten points of their opponent. This whole season. I, that's insane. I, I've never heard of dominance like that uh, over a season, especially out of a four seat, which is which is kind of yeah. crazy to me. So c- congrats to Dan Hurley. Coached a hell of a team. And now UConn is absolutely right in there. They're a blue blood for sure. Uh, I, I don't I don't I understand why this. some people are calling them not a blue blood. This. Yeah. Go ahead. What's your what's your take on that? Because I'll get I'll give my take in a second. But yeah, they're blue blue. Um, so here's here is my take that I, I'm ready to call them a blue blood, but I don't know that they're like a le, they're a basketball fan blue blood. They're not a blue blood of your casual fan yet. When I think UConn basketball, UConn women's basketball comes to mind before the men because the women were so great and were undefeated for like thirty years in a row. Okay, okay, but That's just, where, just take out the but, take out the w- the women's basketball part. Just look at yes, all men's basketball. What what's but, your view on that? Yeah, but still, like I genuinely, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't realize. Like UConn's never lost in a national championship. I didn't realize like how good UConn actually was until you go back and look and you're like, yeah, they're definitely a blue blood. But they had those years where they were pathetic, kind of between these a little bit. Where it's, it's I'm 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 I am on your side. I think they are like considered a blue blood. But for your casual person that might not follow it, like you say Duke, you say North Carolina, they're they're like championships yep that's a blue blood I know I know those teams I don't think UConn's to that level yet they probably I mean they're gonna get there they're he Hurley's gonna win another national championship in the next few years I'd say five years UConn's winning another one but like 
and I think they'll solidify it. People are now kind of starting to realize like this was a big, oh wow, like not even just this UConn team, but the UConn program as a whole. A lot of people I don't think really that are outside of like the day to day of college basketball realized how good they were, myself included. So I think that's really the biggest thing is just more the people around like outside of it, they're not going to get that recognition, but within the sport, 100% they're a blue blood. They are, they had a, they had a great season. And, and also like when you, any argument that was made for San Diego state winning that game, there was really only one argument ever made. It was, well, it's March. Like anything, anything has happened in this tournament. And it's like, that's the biggest compliment you can get almost maybe in college basketball when you're going up like in this tournament is like the only thing people are saying about the other team being able to beat you is the fact that it's the tournament and it's just crazy and weird things happen. So that's why they, that's why they put the championship game in April. That way you, that that way you lose all the better team truly wins because you can't have that, that madness that happens in March. So really, really just a genius decision. Uh, on the NCAA, one of the few ones that they can ever make. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I have UConn firmly as a as a blue blood. Like it, all all mm-hmm. the teams that are are there. You got you got Carolina, Duke, um, yep. Kentucky, Notre Kansas, Dame, UCLA, Baylor, and IU. Those Illinois. those are those are the legit. Like everybody accepts those guys as, as the blue bloods of college basketball. And if you look at the last 25 years, especially, UConn's been better than all those teams. You're right. They've had down years. They've had bad seasons in between, which is why they're such an anomaly of a program. They've had three head coaches win national championships in the last 25 years. It's And one of their coaches, Kevin Ollie, things ended really badly with him. There was a yeah. huge buyout. There was a scandal with recruiting violations. <clears throat> And they had to end up paying him like four million dollars of his contract that that he wasn't going to coach anymore. So it, things ended messy, which doesn't really—I mean, I guess I don't know. Maybe it does happen for blue bloods, but like compared to other blue bloods of the last twenty-five years, national championships. Duke has three. Carolina has three. Mm-hmm. Kansas has two. Kentucky has two. UCLA and IU both have zero, mm-hmm. and they've had. Even even worse years yes. than yeah. UConn has had. UConn's had five in the last twenty five years, by far the most. Yeah, and they've had some really weird tournament runs too. Like they beat a they beat a five seed for this championship. They have beaten two eight seeds for two of their other championships in Butler and Kentucky. So yeah, it's just if if there's ever. If you ever if you ever have the sneaking suspicion that this March is about to be crazy and you're seeing UConn is in the tournament as like a mid level seed, pick them to win it all. It's just the smart play at this sure. point. It's it's going to happen. It's it's like a guarantee. And I'll talk about San Diego State for a little bit. They played not a bad game. I mean, not not a good game at all. But like they kind of did what they've been doing this whole tournament where. Against Creighton and FAU, they were down at half. They were down kind of big, and they were yeah. down at big at some points in the game. But they just hung around the whole time and slowly chipped away at that lead. And it looked like for a second, with like five minutes, they got it down to five points. Like they were maybe about to do the same thing that they've been doing this whole tournament. And UConn shut that down so fast. That's what's that's what the difference with their team has been is uh, – they just have not allowed teams to get back in the game. They they step on the brakes and they keep stepping, or they step on the gas and they, and they keep yep. they keep their foot on the gas and uh, never let go. So uh, by far the best team in March, and uh, they deserve to win. I, I have, yeah, um, no, and that's I'm, where I'm at, at the I'm blue, to- in the blue blood debate too. Totally with you. I also will say, um, don't know that UConn is hated enough to be a true blue blood yet. Mm, don't know that's a good don't point because i do i feel like they are kind of like just a little bit like oh yeah yukon they and have they the potential to be times. very hated yeah. yeah oh yeah that too Th- that's what killed them i think uh for a couple yeah. years is you know they're i think they're still in the american um 
I thought they no moved for basketball. Back. Basketball, they're Big East now. Basketball, yeah. they're Big East. Uh, you're right. They moved, I think. But um, yeah, they were in the American for a bit. That just, I mean, that, that sucks for them that you have a historic program like that getting sent pretty much relegated to the American. But hey, they, they're in Connecticut. There's plenty of people from Boston, New York that go to UConn. They can be a very hateable fan base in a couple of years, or maybe just oh, this yeah. time next year, we're going to hate them. I think because I Dan think Hurley, he be. has the potential to be a hated coach too. He's got an all-time mean mug. He's a psychopath, yep. a legit crazy person, and um, yeah, he's going to be hated too. The whole Hurley family uh, has that has that potential because yeah. Bobby Hurley played at Duke. I'm sure. I'm sure Dan Hurley feels great. Like has to feel probably what. Clarice is going to feel like when she graduates medical school, like finally I contributed something to this family because Bobby Hurley already had the national championship. I got all, I got like the looks, the athleticism, everything. So Clarice needs something to go for her. Um, So that's probably how Dan Hurley feels right now after winning a national championship. He finally got his. Do you feel that way for, uh, for any of your siblings? I mean, they, yeah, it's, it's the same. It's definitely yeah. the same. Um, yeah. but you know, they all want to be podcasters. <sighs> but, so you know, Josh, overall thoughts on the tournament, how, how pleased were you with it? It's over now. We have to go back to our um, regular, regular lives, but, uh, did you enjoy so, it? Did you like it? I enjoyed it more than I've enjoyed a lot of tournaments in the past. This is your one shining moment, by the way. I don't I don't know if it was really more because I was surrounded and I surrounded myself by a lot more people that were in the tournament and emotionally invested that I got to like watch it for the sake of trolling them but I did enjoy it a lot more this year. I really don't know what it was. I just actually like genuinely I cared more about this tournament than I feel like I have in the past, like I wanted to watch the games. I didn't just do it because of peer pressure. Like I actually was like, yeah, I am going to watch this game. And I was able to find, you know, some enjoyment out of but, it, watching the games. And but you watched it to make fun of people. Some, some of them like, so, okay. Not of all like of it. them. Okay. There we go. Not all of them. And it was, it also helped, you know, pit, Pitt did a little, they won more tournament games than Baylor. So, like, things like, you know, watching your team win some tournament games helps you if you, you know, you won't fully understand. They made it just playing. as far, by the way. They made it if just you're playing as far. Into the, just so you, know, you, you might not understand this, but if you see your team win a couple games in the tournament, then it really helps, like, it, it just, it helps you get more invested because you're paying more attention so you see more I, things. I'm familiar with long past. runs We're in the tournament. In the present. <laughs> it's We're less than two years ago still. Living in the present. Um, and and so, like, it, it, it really does, like, for me, it helps because I get more engaged. Like, I'm very much, when my team loses in something, I got to turn it off. And, like, I, I have to stay away for a little bit. But while your team is playing, like, you're going to watch more games. You know, NFL, perfect example. The Steelers win on Sunday. I watch every game after. If they lose, I don't watch a game. So, Pitt winning those games, I was – Pitt winning <laughs> those games, I was more invested in, like, okay, yeah. Now I'll just keep watching it. I'm not going to turn my TV off and rage. And I ended up watching more basketball and say something nice about basketball. I enjoyed the tournament until it started at 9 <laughs> 30 p.m. Eastern. Um, so I did. I also got into the women's tournament. So this was not only not only the men's side, but I got very invested in the women's side. I watched both semifinals on Friday night and the national championship game on Sunday. And that was honestly the women's national championship game is getting talked about more in the media than the men's national championship game. Which is it's huge. It's huge for by, the sport. By a, maybe it's not by a lot of a smooth brain idiots. Just just so you know, yes. like the discourse happening after the women's championship is the don't get me it's wrong. The dumbest it's the people stupid, have ever been on the, the internet. It's the stupidest thing. It 
Yes. Don't get me wrong. It's also, the stupidest yeah. debate we could ever have. So we should probably have. I'd like to address two things you did say have. there in the in that little rant. By the way, yeah, I need I need to address two things you said. Uh, first off, you said at one point if the Steelers lose, you, you're done watching NFL games. We cover every single NFL <laughs> game on this show, Josh. I don't watch so them, that's a <laughs> that's a little concerning to hear. No. And, and secondly, Stand this up. is this Stand is up. this is I the second do time. Not watch the afternoon games. I genuinely I know. I, don't I, be- watch them. I believe you. And then I just I, talked was about not, it. I scrolled that was through Twitter not me. on Monday. That was not me I not believing you. I scrolled through Twitter you. on Monday and find out what I missed. Yeah. No, I <laughs> I can tell sometimes. Um, but secondly, this is also the second time you had to say, say something nice about basketball before <laughs> you say something nice about basketball. You don't really need to – you could just say something nice without having to preface it. Are you wel- – okay, are you welcoming me – so so you're welcoming me into the basketball family then? That's not what I said. No, that's absolutely not what I said. Why <laughs> Why would your brain go there, Josh? That's silly. Well, because no, – I because said you don't, have, you don't nice have to say, say something nice about basketball before you say something nice well, about basketball no, because – I'm on the outside looking in, and I'm seen as a basketball hater. So if you're going to welcome me in, then I don't need to preface that I'm going to say something but, nice about it because I have to or else if I'm just like, hey, like outside of this conversation right now, I go, Kellen, can we talk about basketball? I have something to say. You're thinking it's going to yeah, be negative, no. and you're ready to shut me down. But I go, I'm going to say That's something nice because- about basketball here. And then it opens the dialogue. So if you're going to welcome me into the NCAA basketball family, because the NBA sucks, I refuse on that one. <laughs> the NBA is terrible. See what I, like, <laughs> no, you're no, going to welcome me into stop. the NCAA <laughs> basketball family. But, because I, 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 you're. How did I just become the problem in this situation when it, you couldn't even control yourself to the end of that sentence? Because I'll, I'll welcome you to talk about basketball. You can talk about basketball all you want. The The problem is is that every time you talk about it, it's something negative. That's, that's not my fault, Josh. That's, of course, not my fault. And then to conclude what you just said, you said, I'm still definitely never going to say anything nice about the NBA. So how, how – <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you are – that you're firm in, um, in your beliefs, but – it's just you're a crazy person at the same time and thinking that this is my fault. Why? How, how, how is this my fault? I'm not, I really am not saying it's your fault. I was just giving you an example of how, like if I'm fully, I was just trying to give an example to the people of like what your, what the mentality is when you're going to say something, when like I start sit, saying things about basketball, it's like, okay, you're waiting for when I say something mean. And I did a decent yeah, job. Because you always nice... do. Okay, but no, go back. I did a really good job. I only yeah, said no, mean it's... things about the NBA in the time. In the time. I did a good job talking about basketball. But the time of the game, I'm going to complain about that no matter what the sport is. Because it's just too late, and some of us are working. No, that, like, that's a who's fair complaint. The bills. That was bad. Remember who's paying also the you bills. could just move. You could just move to Central Time. I just could. saying, that's the perfect perfect sports time zone. But the world no, still late the for world, Central Time. The world runs on Eastern Time though, and that's the difficulty. Mm, kind of self centered of you to think that way. But what's nice? What's nice? Ask your dad; he'll agree. Um, but because he lives in Eastern Time. No, not, no, because of his work, he'll agree. He will agree. Um, but oh, also okay. for you. I, for, yeah, he does also, have a job. Yeah. Also for you, Kellen, your teams all play in the central time zone. Mine all play in the eastern time zone. So, like, it would be it would be a little bit, you know, harder for me to go central because then, like, my team is now playing at 6 o'clock. And your team still play like your team still playing at seven. So also, normal. I I have lived in Eastern Time most of my life, and my teams have always been in Central Time. 
and it's never been an issue for me staying up late. So maybe you're just a big old man now, and you can't. And, but and you, you didn't. Need your diapers changed. But I'm gonna change this. Since you've been an adult and had to like be working, you have not had to stay up till like eight ten p.m. for a game to start. Your working but I life. I never work. I never different. work. In in call in high school, yeah, you can stay up all night. That doesn't matter. It's not until you're in the workforce, and you know you got bills to pay, like Sunday ticket. How do you think I pay for Sunday ticket or MLB TV that I'm now going to buy? It's because I get up and work. It's because I get up and work. Um, I don't know how you go to you go to Stream East and you yeah. Um, yeah. I mean. What what happened with the Penguins there? No, losing five to nothing, and Buffalo's not going to beat the Panthers, and the Penguins are out of the playoffs. The Pirates are winning four to one oh, against nice. the Red Sox, though. So, hey, great work. Do you want to you want to talk some? Do you want to? What do you want to switch to next year, Josh? Do you want to switch to baseball oh, or hockey? I have one note on women's okay. final four. I'm not going to talk about the whole debate after the game. That was the worst officiated sporting event I've ever seen top to bottom in my entire life. It was terrible. The refs completely bad. took over the game. They they screwed it. A terrible technical foul. And then also the fact that um Mulkey is all Kim over the Mulkey. court the, the entire time. She's all over the court. T- like actually touching the officials. I've seen basketball coaches <laughs> get teed up or thrown out for looking at an official weird. She is Pushing the official out of her way while she's on the they, court they, and nothing. It was so they needed bad. To, they needed to push her off of the official. Like the, the yeah. official needed to push her off. That's how it, it was pretty crazy. I, I I could not believe she did not get a technical for that. Uh, Kim Mulkey, uh, former Baylor coach right there. She's yep. in the conversation for, for greatest, greatest uh, women's coach. basketball coaches. I mean, Gina yep. Oriem is clearly number one, but I think she could be. She could be uh, up there with Pat Summit at number two now. Uh, yeah. No. But, yeah. I, I mean, mean that it was, was really it was a really poorly officiated game. That was a bad and tech, it was, technical. The teams on were Clark. so good too. The teams are so fun to yeah. watch. Too. And, and yet you have you have you have Iowa and Caitlin Clark taking down South Carolina, who's the heavy yeah. favorite heading into this tournament. Had a crazy unbeaten streak, and then LSU with. Kim Mulkey, Angel Reese, and there, there's some fiery oh, people on, on that squad. So yeah. it was it was fun. I think the discourse after the game was really stupid because people were it's like, so Angel Reese, you can't, you can't uh, taunt like that. And literally, Caitlin Clark said it was fine. But then people were getting called racist for saying you can't taunt. And that's when things yeah. just got crazy. I'm like, okay, we're just dealing with a lot of people who have Never watched a single second of sports in their life before. No, so it got and it got bad, and it was um, so yeah, bad. I, ha- I, I hated say, I hated going on the internet after that game. Hated it. So yeah, it was miserable going on the internet after the game. I will say, just from if you look at it, and if this was just like a three D animation of what happened, I thought it was a pretty terrible like effort of trash talking. I really didn't think like I didn't think it was that great. Like just from a strictly trash talk perspective like i just really i i didn't think it was i didn't no, think it was that great i don't think people should have she did freaked out as she much waited about it. until like, until they were pretty much guaranteed to win the game to yeah start trash talking so that's kind of like, that's soft. more where i'm at i'm like if you're gonna do it you gotta do it oh my god the penguins scored a goal um gotta do it from the start gonna get killed and but yeah like I don't know. It was just, it felt weird. And then everyone blew it way out of proportion and no one was correct. And I mean, like, it really sucks that you have such a great game. And then all people talk about are, it's not the fact that LSU was like nine of 12 from three in the first half. Everyone's talking about the officials or the incident at the trash talking incident at the end of the game. It doesn't matter what the sport is, what, like, what it all like anything like that it doesn't matter just you want to be you want the game to be what's talked about you don't want it to be all these other things so i think that sucks but on the bright side like put a positive spit on this people are getting upset about women's college basketball 
Hey, like that's yeah, awesome. There we go. That's awesome in itself. That is good. A year ago, would I have been getting upset about women's college basketball? Would Shannon Sharp have been talking about women's college basketball a year ago? The day of the men's national championship? There's not a chance that would have made it on the sports shows a year ago. No one would have been talking about it the day of the men's national championship. So I think no press is bad press, right? Like, that's true. Or- no, that, that that's definitely a good point because I'm still seeing it on Twitter. And yeah, I, you know, that, that game happened on Sunday now. That's, that's two days yeah. ago. So I think, yeah. Uh, I think it's awesome. Caitlin Clark is great for the sport. Angel Reese is great for the sport. Kim Mulkey. Great for the sport? Question I don't mark? like her. Hmm? No. Okay. Not a lot of people do, though. including Baylor fans. But uh, Baylor should have kept her. I'm on, I'm on that. I'm, I'm on that page. Uh, Josh, NHL or MLB? Where are we heading? Let's go. Let's go baseball. You don't seem. You don't seem. You don't seem very hockeyed right now. No, the Panthers just scored. It's all over. It's all over. The Panthers are going to so, beat the Sabers. Pass the Penguins again. Penguins are not going to make the playoffs. They're just they're terrible. I am just so beside myself from this team. I hate hockey. I might not watch the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm going to say right now, I'm not watching Stanley Cup playoffs. This is terrible. I'll watch it for you because I am the hockey guy on the show. Everything's collapsing around me right now, and the only so, sure thing in my life was like the Penguins playing in the playoffs, and now that's not a, even real anymore so now i'm a pirates fan so let's yeah, talk about I feel, baseball I feel awful because, for you because baseball oh my Wait, god i get to be the hockey guy though now i get to be the hockey guy now though for like yeah 100 uh i'll do sure. all hockey updates from here on out okay let's go okay go for perfect it. because baseball right now no oh did, you're we're baseball guy now you're baseball guy now. we're talking about baseball okay. But um, no, baseball. I'm the hockey guy. I decide when we're done with hockey. What are you talking okay, about? I, sorry. Okay, let's not talk about baseball. Then. We'll All right, talking about hockey. We're done. Go we're ahead. done. We're done with hockey. Let's move no, on to ahead. baseball. Josh, you're the go baseball on. guy. What do you What do you got? Um, I'm just gonna say the MLB rule changes. Every single professional sports league needs to look at the. This feels weird saying. Needs to look at the MLB and replicate what they did because this has been probably the first time I've ever seen something be such a like smashing success is, is the MLB changing the rules. They, it generated opening day generated record viewership for MLB TV. Um, they ha- they drew a record of 172 million minutes watched across the 15 MLB games on Thursday. That's up 42% from last year. That is absolutely insane. Look at Josh with the numbers I'm, today. Let's I'm sitting go. here I'm sitting here like contemplating purchasing MLB TV so I can watch some of these games and I might smash this four game over under that we set because oh. it was it's oh. it's been Fun. It's been fun to watch. Um, they've added some other things to MLB TV and everything to enhance that viewership experience. Um, and then, like, the okay. ESPN sun- Sunday night game, that, that averaged 1.3 million viewers. It was the most watched sporting event on cable TV that night. Like, Dude. And, and here's the thing. They got the 18 to 49-year-old age demographic back. It, Josh, it was the target look age at the demographic. research you've done for MLB. You are one hundred percent the baseball guy now. My goodness, <laughs> you're no, you're right, one hundred percent too. And I don't, I, I didn't know that that was because I, I just got MLB TV this year. I didn't know that was a change. Yeah. this year. the MLB TV. I, I now this kind of does suck because we sound like puppets for Major League Baseball. But it <laughs> the Bob Manfred the, did it. Yeah, yeah, Rob Manfred, we disavow. We still, you're still a scumbag, crook person, but uh, we got to put that in there. The in between commercial breaks, it's just all baseball highlights, like highlights yeah. that you completely forgot about, which is really cool. I think that's great. Like that's what I prefer to watch on like MLB TV, even though I can watch White Sox games on NBC easily. Like I'll just watch yeah. it on MLB TV because it's same, but I get a little bit more in between. But, yeah, the pitch clock change is huge. I told you it was going to be 
one of the biggest rule changes we've ever seen, and it absolutely is, and it's been a great rule change. The pace of play has picked up. We haven't seen very many instances of, uh, of batters, pitchers getting affected by it. And where we have seen, like I saw Manny Machado today, he got called out on, on strike three because he didn't step in the box yeah. in time, which you want to eliminate that completely, which I, I think it will be. But the instances that you see where it does matter is actually really exciting now too because you've got this added element where uh, that you have in like football and basketball and that you almost have a timeout now with mound visits yep. and everything. Like if the clock is running down, runner takes off. We saw this happen in the Rangers-Phillies game, I believe. Jonah Heim calls time because second base is stolen. And he takes a mound visit because uh, the pitcher's not going to get the clock, off, not going to get the pitch off before yeah. the clock expires. And um, yeah, it, you you see the different ways batters are taking advantage of the pitch clock, and pitchers are taking advantage. And it's added like if you were worried about strategy being lost in baseball, it's added a ton no. of new strategy that <clears throat> managers are going to have to figure out. And it like yeah, it, it, it's. It's added a fun new element. And then this shift yeah. also getting banned has been great for those power-hitting lefties, like guys mm -hmm. like Corey Seager, uh, Yasmani Grandal, is, uh, that's a personal guy on the White Sox. They're, play they're already yeah. playing so much better, and their expected batting average is so much higher than it was last year because people are done shifting on them. It takes away what you really wanted to eliminate in the shift Joey Gallo, he should still be shifted on because he can't hit a freaking baseball to the left side of the field. That guy stinks mm -hmm. at baseball. I think he should hang up his cleats. I hate Joey Gallo as a player. Terrible player. I'm still glad he's not on my team because all he does is hit it to the, to the right side. But a guy yeah. like Corey Seager, who hits it very strong to the right side, but he has opposite field power. He's getting screwed by the shift because those lasers that he's shooting to the right side are getting caught by a second baseman mm -hmm. who's ha who's halfway between the right fielder and the actual second baseman, which it, yeah, it's it's very annoying. So those hits are back. A lot more hits, a lot more stolen bases with the pitch clock. Yep. I told you stolen yep. bases are going to go up way more. Pitchers cannot control that, and it's been a lot more exciting. So we get this small ball aspect. More balls are getting put in play. It's just a better product that we're seeing. I, I, I've, yeah. I'm excited. It, it's more fun. The only complaint, this is the only complaint that I've heard Which we're regularly. allowed to have. The only complaint about this is from fans at the game. And their internal beer clock is now thrown off. Innings are going so quick. That's true. That that they're getting their beer like they're trying. They're the pace that they drink a beer. The fans have not adjusted to. This was in spring training. Um, the fans didn't really get time to adjust. So that's been the biggest thing. Is it's like now you can genuinely a short concession line. You could still miss a half inning just going to get a beer. Yeah. You used to be able to go get three beers in one inning. Like, yeah. So that's been the biggest well, adjustment for people to try and make is like the, the nine beers, nine inning challenge, though. That's getting a lot harder. Oh, man. That's it's an, so it's an actual harder. challenge now. Yeah. Like, and I'm, and that's, I'm looking yeah, forward that, to that's a legit challenge that would be fun to tackle. And yeah. it's, you know what? It's a fair complaint, but it's also on the fans. You know, we got to come to the ballpark with our A game. Yep. You got to come to the park drunk now, too. Or at least with yes. a buzz on. If, yeah. If you, you, you yeah, if you want to put up good numbers, definitely, for sure. Definitely, definitely do. And, like, I mean, you're also going to have to – you're going to have to find your thing because I saw some people were like, well, like, yeah, I said I was going to be out for so long, and now, like, it's done. Um, you're going to have to find the thing where, like, you say you're going to play golf and you only play nine, but then you hang out for the time and you just say you played 18 so you're gonna have to find ways around this like if you make other commitments baseball you're gonna actually be able to go to the games and like do something after it's not it might not be an all-day event anymore which for some people i get that that sucks like there are some people that just don't care they love being at the ballpark they could sit there all day and they could be completely happy but like i just 
I think it's good. I think it reaches just it really helps reach that younger age group, a different demographic. I think they finally found out what their target market is. And like I opened with, it is it really is like I think like the NHL, I'm gonna I think they're really the one that needs to. It took the MLB forever to finally kind of listen and realize like they do all these gimmicky things to try and grow the game and they say they want to grow the game for like ten years and nothing actually happens, then they finally make a rule change to act- to implement what's going to actually change the game. I don't know that there's an NHL rule change that's going to change the game and grow it, but NHL viewership's down. So the NHL should be sitting there going, our viewership is completely plummeted after we signed this major deal with ESPN. MLB, in one week, changed one thing, which is a pretty minor change in their entire sport. Because, like, it, it really just is in the grand scheme of things. It's a major change, but it's so minor. Like, I think the other sports leagues can learn from this and be like, okay, yeah, we we have to – we can't be afraid of what the purists in this sport are going to think. Maybe we do need to actually go and make this change because it could possibly be for the better and for the good. So I think other people can learn from what the MLB did for the first time, like, absolutely ever. I don't know what that looks like for the NHL, but I think they should look at this and go, okay, how do we adapt this? How do we make this so now? And and you even kind of, it's it's definitely not related, definitely not re- like related, but the NBA comes out and put a limit on, you have to play 65 games to be considered for uh, awards. So the NBA even comes out and tries to doctor one of the biggest issues with their sport and is that like athletes are athletes are that, sitting out and people are paying to go see them like I know like that's still a lot of games you can sit out and it's still yeah, not it's still so stuff that's still you you're able to miss like, 17 games oh, yeah like it, it still isn't but games. like it, you've now in the last week we've really seen two sports leagues take that step to like okay what were fans complaining about and how can we fix what they're doing without ruining the integrity of our game? And in the NBA's case, I think the integrity of your game is ruined by like having athletes sit out for forever. Um, but also, yeah. it's so funny because the Bruins have locked up. This is going to hockey real quick, just a quick tangent. The Bruins have locked up like every award they can win in the regular season. Patrice Bergeron, he's not resting. He's not resting because hockey players don't rest, but he is nursing some injuries for the last couple games of the season. So he's he's out because well, he's nursing some, some injuries going it, into the playoffs. It's like it has, it's the hockey it, it's, version of load management, but you know it's it's like he probably actually might have like a broken yeah, hand or something he, like that. He too. definitely like, has could something, be something that's actually really screwed up. But I just I think it's very funny because like. There was one guy said like, "Oh, load management," and then like after that, nobody said anything about it. They were all like, made it so abundantly clear that Bergeron was actually injured. That's why he wasn't playing in this game. Um, so I thought that was really yeah. really funny. Well, but I'll, yeah, I'll, overall, it will be great. Yeah, so. and I want to talk about like how they went about the rule change too because. Uh, they were pretty meticulous with this. I think more meticulous yeah. than a lot of pe- a lot of people realize. Uh, you know, they they instituted that rule change a couple of years ago in the minors, mm-hmm. and you know, you obviously need to collect data and analyze everything to see if it's actually affecting minor league games, which is great. What that the that, that Major League Baseball does have a minor league system where they can just test all this stuff out. So if I was an umpire, I would be shitting my pants right now because you're gonna be out of a job soon. Because they are testing ro- robot umps in the minors, and they've been doing that for yeah. several years now too. So you're one big screw up away from getting completely completely replaced. Just so MLB umpires know, although that union is still too strong. Uh, and then you see changes that they made. Either I think it was two years ago, maybe last year, with the pine tar change, where players are now getting checked and suspended uh, for using pine tar yep. because. You know, applying pine tar, it's going to take time off the pitch clock. And uh, I think Major League Baseball really just wanted players to get
get accustomed to some drastic changes because pine tar has been a part yeah. of baseball since forever. And eliminating that is not so easy for pitchers. You saw Tyler Glass now get really affected by that with the Rays, and he said that was the reason that he needed Tommy John surgery because they instituted that change in the middle of the season. And uh, I'm not sure if that's completely correct. You know, he could say that. I don't know if it's I true. I think there's some but truth to it, though. MLB is – yeah, and and it's – it was obviously – like, he obviously has a fair complaint because you don't expect a rule to completely change in the middle of the season. M- uh, the NFL – they do all their rule changes stuff in the summer, in the off season, during the coaches' meetings. That's when that yep. stuff usually happens. So that was a huge change, and I think MLB just wanted players to like let players know, hey, other stuff is coming down the pipeline, and this is what it was, and the results been really good so far. Yeah, I thought thought it was great. We'll see. I at the end of the day, though, you got to know who the uh, commissioner of the MLB is. And you've got to know the history. Yeah, he's still of the he's MLB. still stinky poop, poopy butthole any, man. Any time that they've done the right thing, they've always managed to somehow take a couple steps backwards. So I'm yeah. not I'm not all like <laughs> I'm all in on baseball right now. But I'm just saying we gotta collectively, I think, pump the brakes a little bit here, and don't like we're not gonna get 162 games of awesome. That's just not – that's not going to happen. Something's going to – there's going to be something that's going to go wrong and people are going to get upset about it and we're going to completely ignore the fact of all the good things. There's going to be one game or something um, that this that the shift or pitch clock or something goes so horribly wrong and then it all spirals. There's going to be something go wrong. There's no way we're going to keep getting these – two-and-a-half-hour games and yeah. stuff like that, and it's, it's going to be all fun for the rest of the year. That's just not that's not the reality of sports. It's not going to happen. And, so. and me and Josh, we, we both reserved the right to completely do a 180 on what we both yeah. just said here because it has only yeah, been a week. Absolutely anytime. And we do hate Rob Manfred, and Major League Baseball, yes. for the most part, has sucked at making changes. Yeah. So – um, I'm going to complain still about uh, the runner on second rule in extra innings because that's ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, that, that, also, that'll, that'll be something. But, yeah, we can change our opinion. This also has nothing like to do it's with allowed. the fact that our teams have been semi-okay to start the year. There, That has nothing to do with kind the positivity of. around baseball. There's no correlation. Ignoring the fact that <laughs> Michael Kopech did just give up six home runs in a start, yeah, the White Sox have been okay other than that. But um, if we take that into account, I've been um, throwing things at my apartment. So uh, any other baseball news that we have, Josh? Um, I, don't, I don't think so. Keep an eye out on Frank the Tank because he's ooh, ooh, really it's been not. He, he, yeah. Actually, uh, everybody, if you could pause this episode real quick and just say a quick prayer for Frank the Tank because I'm not sure it's, he's going to make it through this. Uh, New York Mets season. Uh, it's And it's really started in the off season with the Mets. And it's continued into the regular season with Frank the Tank. Uh, what sucks, yeah, he's, though? He came out on fire, on fire this season. And the Mets have really done a lot to yeah, give him that yeah. fire. And, yeah. yeah. So, it's, uh, it, yeah, just say a prayer for Frank the Tank. Good. Yeah, the only downside is, like, peace for and peace. me... The only downside for me here is he's never going to actually have hope. And that really sucks because it's yeah. always fun. Well, it was honestly almost they, more fun. They'll be the getting Mets. Verlander back soon. When the Mets were so good last year and he would complain after they won a game, like the whole like he would say the season's over after they won a game. Those are so much more fun because you're like, this is just so un like this is so irrational and you love that. Now it's kind of like you feel bad for him and it's a little bit sad. Like because there's no hope. I don't feel bad for like, him. It's I just don't. tank I don't being either. tank. I don't. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I the, the his, yeah, in talking his about this have been strong lately. In in the three seconds I was just talking about that. 
the Brewers lead went from five nothing to nine nothing in the bottom of the seventh. So are that they was playing, just they're playing about, the Mets right now. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm gonna when we hang up here, I'm gonna go watch some. Yeah, TikToks. actually, uh, let's let's just start with our tweet of the week and see what Frank the Tank tweeted out last. And um, yeah, that's start. my tweet of the are week. Are we are we in segments right now? Yeah, let's. Oh, get it's right it. Into them. Uh, Scherzer is wa- is washed. Team is a disaster. So that's his most recent tweet uh, that I've seen. Uh, He's at the, the Devils actually- game. Wow, he is. A He's watching the Devils bully the Penguins. He is a glutton for punishment. He's well. No, the the Devils are killing the Penguins. They're doing unspeakable. Well, I thought things they were playing. I thought they were playing Buffalo. No, the Panthers are playing Buffalo. Oh, no, I I was just testing you because I'm the hockey guy. I'm the hockey guy. And, oh, Barstool Baseball Baseball tweeted out, are the Mets bad? Frank quote tweeted and said, yes, they are. Knew it. Um, So that's my tweet of the week. (laughs) Also, Barstool Baseball is run by Cubs fans. Just a warning. To everyone, oh, thank do not you. follow. Thank we, you. we disavow. I don't. Uh, I didn't yeah. follow. I'm only going to see their content through quote tweets. Okay, that, I don't follow either because they're Cubs fans. Uh, the, yeah, we got we got our tweets of the week out of the way. Josh, who's your uh, who's your coach of the week? My coach of oh crap, who was gonna be my coach of the week? Oh, I had a good one for this. I can't remember. I'll go. Um, yeah, you go. Uh, it's Kim Mulkey for me. The first women's basketball coach to win a national championship at two different schools. She now has four national championships, three of which came at Baylor. Uh, big ups to her for that. Baylor should have never let her go. She's the greatest coach uh, in probably Baylor sports history, uh, just in terms of pure dominance. And LSU, congrats on winning a national championship. Kim Mulkey, you are a very very hateable head coach just because of the fire and the energy and also you're just not that good of a person uh but hey i liked you at baylor and you won another national championship so congrats and uh really big on you so josh did you figure out who your coach of the week is in that in that span um yeah my coach of the week is uh the Arizona Cardinals owner because he has been a ch- he has been accused oh. of cheating. Is he a coach? By an oh, XVP and apparently um, forcing head coaches and stuff. So it shows that he's the real coach, forcing people to have burner phones to illegally communicate with coaches when they were suspended and stuff like that was one of the things I saw. So a lot of stuff is blowing up in the Arizona. Cardinals um, organization right now, and that is it, Michael Bidwell, the owner, is when, taking the brunt of all when, of this. When I so. hear when I hear burner phone, I just think that he probably sent every coach instructions to tweet at Kyler Murray from burner accounts to get the hell off of his Xbox. That's like I think I, I think just, that's probably what his strategy was. I'm really looking forward, really looking forward to seeing what the rest of this year or what the rest of this story holds because it should be entertaining for everyone. Yeah, I haven't involved. even heard about this yet. So uh, yeah, everybody, yeah, stay tuned for that. We'll, we'll get we'll give you updates. Uh, yeah, yeah, Josh, who's your player of the week? Um, my player of the week has to be. It's just got to be the one and only T-Pain. Because I saw him live in concert on Saturday night. And it was oh, fantastic. So jealous. Fantastic. Life-changing? Fantastic. Just about, yeah. It was it was the okay. culmination of everything I thought T-Pain would be. And it was kind of like... What was... You knew the T-Pain. You knew what T-Pain... You knew it was coming. But then it was like T-Pain. Then you realized that T-Pain was literally on every popular song of your entire life. <laughs> and he just yeah. starts singing them all, and you're like, I didn't know he was featured on this song, and he starts singing. So it was like you knew what you were getting. You knew it was going to be great, 
And then it was just a trip down memory lane. And like, there were a lot of different specific memories associated with each song. And so it was really cool for me. Like, you know, booty work what, comes on. What was the best song? Makes me think yeah, of you. I was going to say, like, that, um, would, that would be my number one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That one was fantastic. Yeah. Um, that one was probably his best. And it was just, it was good. It was a really great time. It was, I enjoyed it. So a great culmination of things. So yeah. he's my player of the week. Is, is he a, is he touring in Dallas at all? I might, might need to go to a show. He, I think is about to start going on tour. So he probably will be touring in Dallas. At some ooh, point. I would assume. Ooh, okay. I would assume. I'll have to, I'll have to look into that. Yeah. Uh, so, so my player of the week, I have uh, Adama Sonogo of UConn. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, player of the tournament. He was just so dominant, blocking everything in the lane uh, against San Diego State. You could tell early on that they just weren't going to get anything inside and it was going to have to be their three-point shooting if they wanted to win that game, which is not uh, is not great for them because Jordan Hawkins is a great perimeter defender and they got a couple great perimeter defenders. But Snogo really – he's the guy that starts everything for UConn and uh, yeah. he's the reason that they're – title run was so dominant. I also have Pete Alonzo because I think he might have found a new uh, a new home run der- derby pitcher to throw to him, a new pitching coach oh. uh, to throw to throw him bombs, which is Michael Kopech. I did mention him earlier because mm-hmm. Michael Kopech is just giving up tank shots this year. And Pete Alonzo loves his home run derbies. So I think they could be a, a match made in heaven. I love that. I love that. Great. Great insight fan there. Fan base of the week, Josh? Of the week. My, yeah, my fan base of the week, if you would like me to go first. Um, it is none other than Swifties. So Ooh. Taylor Swift has been on her Eras tour for a couple weeks now. Um, and Was in Dallas. Yes, and Swifties are loving it. There's a lot of stuff going around on social media about it and a lot of strategy going into these concerts about when to take bathroom breaks and everything. And for a lot of people, um, they're spending most of their parents' hard-earned money. At least a month of their parents' pay is going to them going to these concerts because there's no one going here that actually makes a living for themselves. Um, that's maybe a little extreme, but anyway, then Swifties are there. They're standing in a merchandise line for like 30 years and spending like $70 on a t-shirt and all of the t-shirts that have been bought at this tour, the print has like completely or partially come off the first time you wash it. So Swifties are my fan base of the week because they are just, I mean, maybe Taylor Swift should have been my player of the week because she is playing absolutely everybody and just. Dude, when are we going to start? Okay. I'm, but like, I'm pissed off now, Josh. I'm pissed off because of what you said. When are we going to start holding Taylor Swift accountable for what she's doing like, to these people? Because like, I seem to remember about a month ago, Swifty's going absolutely bananas and up the wall over not being able to get tickets off Ticketmaster. And Taylor yeah. tweeted out, I'm sorry, or something like that. And then nothing changed. But, hey, everybody still made it to the concert, and she still made her fat bag. But now she no has terrible T-shirts. And also, yeah. let's bring back up. Let's bring it back up. Let's bring back up the private plane stuff. Because apparently yeah. she's an environmentalist who flies private everywhere she goes. So that's super dope of her. Um, yeah. When, so, Josh. You were at least once a Swifty. I know that. When are we going to hold her accountable? I'm um, asking you. I was a sw- uh, When are we? I think we should be holding her accountable right now. Um, I think. Okay. How? I need you to answer all the big questions. I don't know the answer to that. Riot? Here's the, here's do the do thing. we riot at a concert? See, here's the thing, though. Astroworld? <laughs> Not, not there. <laughs> Here's the thing about it is that like Swifties and Disney people are the same. 
They are. The the Venn diagram like, is one circle. It it is once in like when I look at this, it is again, it's your parents bought you the tickets. Like there's not a lot like your common person is not necessarily going to a Taylor Swift concert. And where you're actually gonna get the accountability is gonna be like, yeah, there are I'm not saying there aren't some people that have saved up and everything, but like Taylor Swift is not your blue collar performer necessarily. And so it, it isn't really the people going to the game, like going to this aren't necessarily the people that purchased the tickets. And it's not like, you know, there, she's not going to be held accountable because the dad's just going to be like from the, from, from the beginning, the dad's looking at Taylor Swift as a sunk cost. He doesn't care <laughs> if, like the t-shirts yeah. like sucks. <laughs> he doesn't care if the t-shirt sucks. He's not going like, man, now the t-shirt sucks. Taylor Swift was a sunk cost to most of the people that actually spent the money from the beginning. So I don't know that there's going to be the accountability there. And like, so, it, it just, it, it's the same like Disney. It doesn't matter. They roll whatever out. You're going to pay for it. It's just a money pit. So we really just need, her to change as a person completely because what you, what you said she's not blue collar enough i i don't know if taylor swift is ever gonna be blue collar so that's no, you maybe she be. needs to get back to writing those she needs to get back to writing those country songs and make them a little bit more country instead of like love songs they're gonna be about beer that'd be that'd be something yeah. else if taylor swift goes through another rebrand back to country but like the like Every other country song that isn't Taylor Swift, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. If that, if like that you said, sense. I don't know. I really don't know. But Swifties, man, you're my fan base of the week. Kellen, who are you, who's your fan base of the week here? Uh, my fan base of the week is just UConn fans. Because yep, uh, congrats on entering the Blue Blood Club. <laughs> Did uh, you see? I think you were already and, there. but And, and congrats for... No reason whatsoever. They ripped down a lamppost and broke into their <laughs> basketball arena. They they used it as a battering ram. That was their basketball the arena. Scores. I believe so, bro. It I was, thought I saw someone. It was that watching. Out. I was uh, like, yeah, I was watching Lord of the Rings right there. I thought I didn't know that that was a video on Twitter the whole time, huh? Interesting. Like, oh my yeah. god! The, so that's the students that was crazy. honestly. I, how did? How do they get the lamppost out of the ground? That's what I want to know. Because that thing looks heavy as hell. I I have <laughs> it no was idea. A legit I battering ram. No, I have no idea. But so also, funny. it's not like also, that's their first champion. Like that's how you react no. to championship one. That's this and, was championship five for them, and they were going and, all out still. I respect that. And they do this. I get that they're drunk, but they do this. And they make a point to, like, get their faces on camera. Not only are there security cameras that are going <laughs> to capture all of this and identify everybody, but it's like you break and enter into a campus building. Then you film it and you turn around and make sure your face is clear. You're like, yeah, that was awesome. And then you post it on Twitter and then it's national news. Like. <laughs> These guys are getting kicked out of school. UConn's not skimming like, like, like the UConn's not just gonna be like, yeah, that's fine. Like, you're getting kicked out of school. Yeah. Um, I don't like, I I don't know. It was like I knew someone that went to Ole Miss and they got a snowstorm. They all broke into the football stadium and had like a snowball fight. So they didn't like get kicked out of school or anything. But everyone that did it got fined for breaking in. And they were complaining about getting fined. I'm like, well, what did you think was going to happen? You guys, you guys are trespassing right now. <laughs> like, genuinely, there's not yeah. a college campus. I don't think there's not a major college campus in America that you can step foot on without being on camera and being identified. Like, but then yeah. you just go and post it. It makes it so much easier. You don't even have to look. The president didn't even need to yeah. go down to the security office to get the tapes. He said to open Twitter. It was, 
It was pretty like, incriminating. Um, I what love they it. Did. I love it. Yeah, I love. I, it. I would love to see the trial of the UConn students. Just like, uh, like I swear, it honestly, wasn't me. like that's just my if, twin. I like what? What do you have? If I'm point? there, if I'm there, and I'm the president, I'm going. Okay, you're done in school. No criminal charges. Just you're out of school. Like we get. Like you got to have some understanding. You won the national championship. You're celebrating, but like, you're done. You're out. Of, you're out of school. That's it. You're. We're not gonna go and have this on your criminal record forever. We're just gonna kick you out of school. And go finish your degree at the community college. Because yeah, that, let's be honest. That's probably what what should happen. Let's yeah. Let's be honest. The kids that were smashing a lamppost through a glass door on a Monday night, they're not the ones that value the UConn diploma. <laughs> I'm just saying yeah, they didn't go there for they the are academics. Zero, <laughs> didn't go there. zero medical doctors were holding that battering yes. ram. I promise yes. you that much. <laughs> yeah, they were all actually they were probably all sports marketing majors like ourselves. So uh, we should be we should so actually funny. be sticking up for these guys. I, I feel it's like. going to be so funny if like it comes out that one of the kids was a doctor. Their roommate was just like, "Hey, hold this for a second. and then. <laughs> He gets kicked out. <laughs> That'd be funny. But yeah. there is there is gonna be one kid that was just like I was just following my roommate. <laughs> like, please don't kick me out of school. I actually care. Like I didn't know I didn't know what happened. <laughs> like there's one kid that's gonna be in the video somewhere that will get disciplined for this, maybe not kicked out, but he'll get disciplined that had no clue what was yeah. even going on. What, how how old were you when you realized that your actions might have consequences? For some of these kids, it was unfortunately 19 years old is when they yeah. when they had to figure that one out. But um, yeah, they're they're gonna get expelled for sure. I love <laughs> it's it. Like a no brainer. Um, it. do you have a tweet of the week here, Josh? We did those. Oh, we did tweet of the week already. The yeah, sweet. Frank the tank. Um, so is that it? Is that our show? Is that? Yeah, that that is the show. The Pirates won. So, how about that? Raise Raise the Jolly Jolly Roger. Roger. And we'll see you all next week. Stay unbiased this week.